When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I am your host, Chris Carter. We are talking, of course, more pit football right here on the H2P Podcast. Training camp is open. Now, I gave you a, my own breakdown of how I saw things before training camp started. You could have listened to that on Thursday night going into Friday morning. But all Friday, I spent my day at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh watching my first ever pit practice. And it's crazy to think that, right? Because if you've been following DK's PittsburghSports.com, you know that I've been covering pit since last year. But with the pandemic, I never got a chance to see this team in person. Heck, I've never, I had never spoken to a player or coach in person that wasn't via Zoom because we couldn't get to those guys. Now, I mean, I bumped into a couple guys like in public, but that's different. But like, you know, in a in a professional setting, I had never had that opportunity. So it was kind of crazy. Like, you know, I, this is the first time going that far onto the backfields of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Normally, I'm only on the front fields because that's where the Steelers practice for their OTAs and everything. And on the backfields, you can see, you know, kind of the backdrop going back to Oakland and you can see that this the hill and just how you know how tall some of those buildings are it was kind of crazy doing that but what was the best part was I got to finally like see see and meet these guys in face it was my first time actually like getting to talk to Narduzzi in person and you know it was, it was kind of exciting you know just that sense of like man like is this is this what the world's supposed to be like not in the pandemic um but I, I'll tell you what I want to make this this first segment about it maybe this whole podcast are some of the impressions that I got from some of the guys in just being able to talk to the person. And I want to start with the receiver group. Now, you've heard me hype this receiver group all offseason. Jordan Addison looks like the truth. He looks like he has the potential to be a first-round draft pick wide receiver, at worst a third-round draft pick um, if he's like in a heavy class of like super-talented wide receivers. And we also know that there's other guys there to be excited about, whether you're a Taser Mac kind of Pitt fan or if you're hoping that Trey Tipton can have his eighth year of being with the Pitt Panthers flourish somehow. Or if you you like Jared Wayne, who Kenny Pickett said is his most reliable guy that he feels like sometimes because he's so big and he knows he can go up and get it. Or Shockey, Jack Louie, you know, they've got so many talents. And I'll tell you, I got to see a little bit of Melky Stovall, the, trans, the graduate transfer out of Hawaii. That dude was so explosive. He looks like 
he could be the exact replica almost of DJ Turner with the way that he plays and how quickly he's adapting to the offense. So we already know this is a deep group. But I did get to talk to a lot of these guys. Now, particularly, I spoke with, um, I got to speak with Jordan Addison and Taysier Mack. I tried to get to Shockey Jack Louis, but it was just so many people in such a little amount of time, we could only get what we get. But I also spoke to Brennan Marion. Now, Brennan Marion, if you know his story, he's a local guy from Pittsburgh, uh, you know, was a, was a very good athlete in high school, going into college, um, had some had some troubles once he when, when, once he got out of college. Just you know, he was homeless for a little bit, but then the man became a uh, he built his own reputation as a strong coach. He bounced around a lot. He went and he was he was working in the DMV area. Then he was a coach in Hawaii, and now he's found his way in Pittsburgh. Uh, but Brennan Marion. I, you know, every time that I've read about this guy or I've watched like him present something, I was like, hmm, this guy seems like he could be the truth. And, uh, man, I got to say, just meeting from him in person, you get a different vibe talking to him as a coach about his players than you do some of the other coaches. And that's not saying anything bad about them. Like, I talked to Ryan Manilek. I talked to uh, um, I talked to Charlie Partridge. Charlie Partridge is on another level, by the way. That guy may be the best defensive line coach in all of football. Um, but... You know, I, I talked to a lot of these different guys, but Brennan Marion struck a tone with me that was very different because he is charged with improving a lot with this receiver group. Now, again, they're talented, but we also know that they were wildly inconsistent in 2020. I mean, you think about the drops, and even Tazir Mack, when I talked to him, he's like, hey, man, I, may, I know I made some really important catches, but I know I dropped some really important catches, and I can't have that, but I'm not trying to focus on on what I've done in the past, whether it was catching a game-winning touchdown pass in a bowl game or dropping a two-point conversion against NC State that cost them the game, he wants to focus on how he can be the best version of himself in 2021. And I got to say, one thing that struck me about Brennan Marion was how he's approaching this season and how he's approaching these players. For one, as both him and Tazier Mack kind of opened up about they have an extremely good bond Taysier Mack I guess one of his high school coaches was you know worked with Brennan Marion at one point or was really close to him and they established a bond immediately and he knows how to and one thing I think Brennan Marion established is like he knows he's learning how to push and he knows how to how to kind of temper back how to push different players what I mean by that is you know, some coaches, they're all 100% one way all the time. And and, and that can be really good and positive because you know what you're going to get from them. Um, and you, you, you expect it gives athletes a bar to reach. But sometimes you need coaches who can diversify how they approach a players. Because some players respond better to getting yelled at. Some players respond better to sort of being subtly pushed. Some players respond better to, like, you know, seeing, like, hey, man, what you think? I mean, that was something that Chuck Noll did for the Steelers very well. There were certain guys he yelled at and certain guys like Terry Bradshaw that he would be like, okay, Terry, what's going on, man? Let's talk about this. And, and he was able to get his all-star quarterback to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. But Brennan Marion's kind of doing that with this group. And he knows, like, you know, with, I think, Jared Wayne, he said, he, he you know, he's like, when he talks to Jared, like, he can, he can yell at Jared. Jared responds to that, and he gets what he gets into it. And you'll see him step up there. But then also, he said with Jordan Addison, it's completely different. He's like, Jordan, you don't need to yell. Because he said Jordan's expectations for himself is to be a top 10 pick in an NFL draft someday. And, I mean, he sure showed up and showed out as a freshman for Pitt, but he's got a long way to go. I mean, Tyler Boyd was the last, I'd say, great Pitt receiver on, the, on a roster in college football. And, you know, he wasn't a first-round pick, at least I don't believe. 
but he was certainly he's in the NFL and he's getting his money, and that's what Jordan Addison wants to be. But how Brennan Marion said he wants to get into it, he's like, listen, how I approach Jordan is like, you know, if he makes a mistake, or even if he doesn't make a mistake, if he just doesn't run a route as hard, he'll like go up behind him, whisper in his ears, like, you know, you know, you want if that you can't make get be a first round pick if you if you run it like that. You know, you're not going to get selected in the top ten if you if you if you can't cook this guy. And he said that just fires up Jordan even more. When you talk to Jordan, it's funny because when I talked to Jordan on Zooms in his freshman year, he was always like, yep, I'm really good. I really hope I'm good. I want to do the best I can. Yep, okay. And he's like, yep, I I really really hope I can do better next week. Now he's, he's still shorter on his statements, but you can see he's comfortable talking to the media now. Like now he wants to be in front of the camera because he's like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I think he still has to, he's still, and again, the kid's a sophomore. He's what, 19 years old. Like he's still figuring out life and, you know, enjoying, you know, being a D1 athlete at a major program. Um, but you see that he's coming into his own. And that's something that both Pat Narduzzi and Brendan Marion were telling us was that Jordan Addison, like in the, in the team meetings, he used to be all quiet and everything and just take it in and let the lead, let the older guys talk and the leaders talk. Now he's kind of stepping up in the meetings and being like, we need to do this. We need to do this. I need to do this. Let's go. Let's go. And that's a really good sign. And Brendan Marion being able to to pull that out of him and well I mean it's still you know the first day of training camp we'll see how things play out but that's a good sign for the progress that he might be making with this receiver group I mean if this group could come out with Kenny Pickett be sharp and catch a lot more of those passes we're talking this could be one of the best passing teams in the ACC next year or this year Now, of course, the drops are a major problem, but Brennan Marion brought something up to me that I thought was very interesting and kind of funny about how they're going to how they're handling the drop situation. And I'll explain that right after this break. Back here on the H2P Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcasting platform, where you can download all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Check us out anywhere. Rate us five stars with a positive comment. That stuff helps out not just our show here at the H2P Podcast, but also with the Lolly Carter Steelers Podcast, um, with uh, with the Pirates Podcast to be named later, with 66 to 87, with the We Are Podcast, and of course with DK's Daily Shots that are Monday through Friday, three podcasts a day on on the Steelers, Pirates, and Penguins here for all you Pittsburgh sports fans. Now, let's get back in to talk about this receiver group. Now, as I was explaining, Brennan Marion is introducing a different way to approach how they're gonna how they're trying to work on the drops. Now, he said when I asked him about this, I mean, this is kind of all of our questions in the media, right? Because everyone saw how the drops happened last year. But one thing he said was that in years prior. And not to get on Chris Beattie, who was the wide receiver coach and is now coaching wide receivers at, at, at the Los Angeles Chargers. But he said it seemed like they, like they were emphasizing too many other things, whether it was, you know, running routes or, you know, being the fastest 
or other things that didn't involve just catching the football. And Brennan Marion's point was, we're wide receivers. We have to start the play by catching the football and end the play by catching the football. That is our job. And if we aren't doing that, we don't deserve to get to do other things. And so he said, that's what we focused on all offseason was making sure when you come to practice, you're catching footballs. When you leave practice, you're catching footballs. And he said that he's been able to chart these guys in every practice how they're catching the football, and he gives them their reports afterwards. Now, all teams do some sort of charting from practices, reports, you know, something for the players to chew on in between games or during the offseason when they're doing their practices. That's nothing new. But what seems to be very new is how detailed they're doing it for this wide receiver group. And Brennan Marion brought up how with his uh, with his system, which he originally developed in high school or coaching high school football, and he said he originally did it because he used to coach quarterbacks. And he said that he would often have parents come up to him and be like, why isn't my boy playing? And he would just, he said, the way he said it was so funny. He was like, I just dropped the stats in front of him. He was just like, that's why your boy's not playing. So stop coming after me. And it would be all their charted statistics and results from practices. And now he's been doing that in college football. And now he's doing it for Pitt's wide receivers. And he said it's not just catches. It's did they finish a block? Did they run the correct routes? Did they get the separation they're supposed to? Did they finish the play by, by catching the ball and going for going, staying in bounds and keeping the play alive? All those types of things. And according to what Brennan Marion said, he said during spring practices, his receivers were catching the ball at 93% of the time. Now you think about 93%, and you're like, well, what does that mean, Chris? Because I have no idea how how often how often that catches. Now, of course, a lot of these could be subjective. You know, coaches like to be hard on their players, so there could have been some of those passes that weren't catchable, you know, and, and all these things. We don't have firsthand information of how these stats are tabulated. But if those numbers are accurate, let's just let's give them the benefit of the doubt. 93% of catches. That means if Kenny Pickett those 40 passes in a game. That means that's 36 passes that are going to be caught. That's pretty impressive. 36 roughly. I'm not the greatest math guy. But you get, even if it's just 90%, because I'm going based out of 9 out of 10. So basically it's a little, maybe a little bit higher than 36 out of 40 passes that are caught. That's what you need. That's highly consistent. It's a lot more consistent than they were last year. Now, I don't have numbers on the percentages of drops last year and everything like that in college football, but I do know that, that we just, I mean, time and time again, even from Jordan Addison, they were just, un, you know, not, you know, just unusual drops that just could, that just never let the unit be consistent. And if they can make that part, that part of their game complete, if they can be a, a much better receiving to, a receiving group because they're catching the ball more consistently, it's only going to further this offense. Because, again, if they catch the ball more consistently, they definitely beat NC State. They definitely beat Boston College. And I know there's a lot of other factors in all those games. It's not all in the receivers. I'm not saying it is. But if they came through like that last year, you're talking about an 8-3 and three pit team. 
Not a nine-win team, but in a shortened season, that's pretty doggone good. With your three losses being Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami. And two of those games, Notre Dame and Miami, were without Kenny Pickett. I think Pitt fans would have done a lot of things to get that kind of a season. But again, they're looking at 2021. Now this is, to me, this is the year they need to get nine wins. And I can tell by the comment section at DKPittsburghSports.com with my official training camp preview article where I detailed a lot of these conversations that I had. Because I didn't just talk to the receivers. I talked to the linebackers, Savasse Dennis. I talked to Deslin Alexander. I talked to Brandon Hill. And I'll get into more in these guys into future episodes of the H2P podcast because there's a lot of great stuff I got from these guys. But we can only put so much into a podcast or an article. But, man, you feel an excitement from this receiver room. And you really feel excitement around the team. But, like, again, when I talk to, like, Jordan Addison, he's saying the right things for this young man. You know, I asked him about, like, you know, Brennan Marion, you know, your coach is talking about you guys are blocking, you know, more physical. You're working on sticking on your blocks further downfield. And Jordan Addison said, those are our brothers that we're blocking for. And if we can't show up for our brothers every play, we don't deserve to be out there. And I was like, ooh. Okay, young man. All right. All right. That's the right stuff to say right there. Now, again, you can say all the right things you want. If you don't do it on game day, what does it matter, right? But I'm telling you, I'm liking what I'm seeing from this group. At least the mentality that they're approaching. And it does seem like there's a lot of competition across the board this year for pit football. There's a battle at the cornerback spot. There's, I wouldn't say there's a battle at the safety spot, but there's depth there. There's definitely a battle at linebacker. Definitely a battle on the defensive line. Definitely battles in this wide receiver wide receiving group. Definitely a battle at running back. We'll get into the Izzy Vince Davis stuff in a bit. Maybe another future episode. But there's there's battles going on along this team. And when there's battles going on in training camp, that means guys are pushing each other. And that means they'll be more tested and more ready come the regular season. But, man, if Pitt can start becoming a receiver-dominant a receiver dominant group, and Brennan Marion, you know, he's he's changing the tone. Uh, also, a news update, of course, like I said, I think it said uh, that Pat Narduzzi did get a four-star recruit, uh, Ryan Bear, a six-foot-eight offensive tackle from Ohio, uh, a major get in the first four-star recruit of the program. Also, Tyrese Fearbry has not announced his recommitment to anywhere and a lot of people are presuming he's going to pick Pitt. We will see. If he does, that's two four-star commits in the month of August. But you can feel something is changing about this program. And maybe that something is the establishment of culture. The establishment of family and what players keep telling me. When I talk to guys who Pitt recruited, they say, oh, you know, I, you know, I was there, and I just I felt like it was family. I felt like people looked out for us. And Desmond Alexander put it to me this way: He's like, "Listen, man, when you know when guys are going through things, life things, football things, whatever, they their mom ain't fifteen minutes away. They can't go. They can't go and, and get that. But they got us, and that's why we're there for each other." And he said, "That's why I've stayed here so long. That's why I've loved being here." There's a lot of. There's a, there's a lot of interesting chemistry going on with Pitt football. And that's, again, why I continue to advocate for Pitt fans who say, like, oh, Narduzzi this, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. 
you got to give coaches time to establish culture within a program. Otherwise, you're just going to keep chewing the same process over and over and over until you hope you hit the lottery one day and a coach just happens to get the right recruits at the right time. But Pat's cooking, and it looks like these receivers are cooking, and there's a lot to be excited about for Pitt football in 2021. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the H2P Podcast. Thanks for listening here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Stay tuned. we got a lot more shows coming your way. It's Sunday, which means DK's Daily Shots come back tomorrow. We'll have lots of notes on Steelers training camp, all the other things going on in Pittsburgh sports. Rate us five stars. Leave us positive comments. Subscribe. We appreciate y'all. Be back in the year soon.